0: Well, a very good morning, C3 Powerhouse Sunshine Coast and C3 Powerhouse Online. It's great to be with you today and bringing the Word of God. 21 years ago, Danielle and I became the senior pastors of this church and I just want to say thank you for your love and your kind words. It is the most incredible privilege of our lives to lead this church and to see what God's doing and to be in part of a miracle that's rolling on day by day, week by week and year by year. Hard to believe it's been 21 years, but we love you. Thank you for your prayers. A shout out to everyone online right now who's watching from around Australia and you've had to go into some form of lockdown or Self-isolation, for example. Just want to let you know we love you. We're praying for you. You're going to get through this okay with the grace of God. And I'm so glad that you've tuned in for church today, and I'm so glad that you're in the room today. Uh, also, want to say a big thank you to, for everyone who's jumped onto Vision Builders over the last two weeks. Uh, Vision Builders being the giving program for the facilities of our church, current and future It's been an incredibly generous time. So many of you have given and sacrificed, and again, on behalf of Danielle and I, thank you for all that you're doing and all uh, all that you're contributing towards the miracle that is our church and the future that unfolds for us. Uh, Today, I'm going to talk around this topic of dreaming for your decade. We're finishing this series of the month that God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above. All we ask or think. And so I want to share with you today about what it looks like for us to dream for our own decade, you to dream for your next 10 years. How old will you be in 10 years' time? I will be 60, the big six-zero. Might be a few more wrinkles, not quite sure what six zero. I'll probably be a granddad. Uh, possibly my Carlton team will have won an AFL grand final, maybe even twice. Yes, I know I'm an optimist. I believe in miracles, uh, so I wanna I wanna take you on that journey. But before we do, it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a Sunday if I didn't share some of my favourite dad jokes with you. So let's I've got a few here for you. So just sit in and get ready to go. All right. I said to my my wife said to me last night. You treat our marriage like it's some kind of game. Actually, a little close for home, this one. Unfortunately, this cost her 12 points and a bonus chance. Yes, it did. Uh, I quit my job as a treadmill tester. I just felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. Uh-huh, I know. See what I did there? That's good. And last one for right now. What did Jay-Z call his wife before they got married? Fiance. As in Beyonce, fiona Okay, okay, there we go. Just, just to help you out. I think we should pray before we come around the Word of God right now. Father, I thank You for Your presence with us. I thank You that wherever we are, that the Spirit of God is upon us. And I'm asking as I share this Word. God, I'm asking that out of this Word, there would be a greater sense of, of surrender and alignment in our lives to the Kingdom of God. I ask that there would be a greater sense of thinking that thought that are, that you have for us that are so big and so much larger. Enlarge us today, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. And everybody said, amen. All right, I want to uh, talk out of Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. In the King James Version, it says this, where there is no vision, the people Perish or cast off restraint, where there's no vision, where there's no uh, forward thinking for our lives. Proverbs twenty nine eighteen in the in the Passion translation says it like this, and I love this: where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the Word, heaven's bliss. Fills your soul. Come on, I love that. Let me read that again because let, let the word of God soak into you right now. Where there's no clear prophetic vision, not just your own vision, but something that comes from God into your very spirit and soul, then people quickly wander astray. We, we wander off, we cast off restraint, we, we don't live disciplined, focused lives. Why? Because there's no prophetic vision on the inside. But when you follow the revelation of the word, When what God is saying to you is alive inside of you and lighting up your path, heaven's bliss fills your soul. I want you to be filled with heaven's bliss. I want you to live a life that's abundant and fulfilled. That's what Jesus said. He said, I've come to give you life and life in the abundance. And one of the key ways of living a life of abundance And in abundance and with an overflow of joy is to know your purpose and to live with the sense of God's vision in your heart. They once asked Helen Keller, who was born blind and deaf, and she said, what's it like for you to be be so afflicted? And she said, well, you know what? I, I know too many people who have got sight, but they don't have vision. And that's worse than having no sight. So I want today for for us to think and ask God to come and help us to dream for what He's got for you and I, what He's got for you, what He's got for your marriage, your family, your your future. What's God got for you? Let's dream about it today. I want to get the ball rolling and even over the next number of weeks. I want to talk about three thoughts of dreaming for your decade. Daniel and I have been doing this lately. I've always been a person who writes down my dreams. Who's, who's got? I've got 10 big things for my whole life that are on my prayer board. And every morning I see it and I've got photos that go with them about my life. And, and so I've always been a person who's, who's thought like this. But it's been a great exercise for us as a couple. Just to, We went and sat and looked over the ocean just recently as we wrote down some of the dreams that we've got. And we began to get them on paper. So I'm going to talk about three key thoughts that are going to help us as we, uh, as we develop the, that dream for the decade for your life or for your you as a couple or for you as a family. The first one is this. Here's the first thought. I want you and I believe God wants you to go all in for God. All in for God. What's, what's it mean to go all in for God? Well, it means to love Him. The first commandment is that we would love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind and all our strength. That God would be number one in our life. Is He he number one? Do we love Him with all of our heart? Is there a passion for God that exudes across the week, not just on Sundays for that 15 minutes of worship, but do we love God all the week? I go all in for God. You know, someone was to say to you, Do you love God? Is it obvious? A great way to kind of capture that would be to look at your calendar, your diary, and to look at your bank account. Where's your time going? And where's your money going? Because those two things would be a great indication of what you love, of what your focus is. It reminds me of, of asking a, a gentleman, said, well, you've got a great marriage, what's the key to your marriage? Obviously, time and money. That's what I'm thinking. He goes, yeah, it's, it's two, two nights a week. My wife and I, we go out for dinner. I'm going, wow, let you date twice a week? That's amazing. He goes, no, no, no. She goes out on Tuesday and I go out on Thursday. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, go all in for God. So what's, what would your calendar say about you? What would your bank account say for you? Would it be obvious that you love God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind because of the reflection of your life? Or is it just something that's a good idea? Go all in for God and love Him passionately. Go all in for God and surrender your life to Him. James chapter 4, verse 13 to 16 says this, Look here, you who say, Today or tomorrow we're going to go to a certain town and we'll stay there a year. We'll do business there and we'll make a profit. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Your life is like the morning fog. It's here a little while, then it's gone. What you ought to say is, If the Lord wants us to, we will live And do this or that. We will live and do this or that if the Lord wants us to. Otherwise, you're boasting about your own pretentious plans. Ouch. And all such boasting is evil. Oh, I'm going to move here and I'm going to make this much money and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to, I've known people who've had those those thoughts. I'm going to move into this town. I'll earn $250,000 a year. I'll buy a house. I'll, I'll do this. Only to find that that move was inspired by greed and marriages have broken down and families have fallen apart or people just got caught in the greed trap. This is what James says, don't don't make those sort of plans. Surrender your life to God. If it's God's will, if the Lord wants me to, then I'll do this and I'll do that. So the second part of going all in for God, number one is, is not just loving Him with all my life, but the second is surrendering my life to Him. Now, if you've been around C3 Powerhouse for a little while, you'll know one of the pivotal defining moments of Danielle in my life. We sat in a conference, a little like our powerhouse conference that's coming up at the end of July, and we sat in this conference and the preacher talked about signing a blank piece of paper and letting God fill in the contract. It was like a pre-signed contract where God could say, whatever you want me to do, I will do. And I'll just say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. And there have been moments that have come along. And 18 months after we signed that imaginary contract with tears in our eyes, knowing we're surrendering our life to God, 18 months later, we were the assistant pastors of this church. Uh, Over the years, God's come along and someone's asked us, one of our leaders has asked us to do something. And and so often our thoughts go back. Well, we've already signed off. We already said yes. There's no, we, we can't back out of this. We signed a blank piece of paper. God's got it. We've surrendered our lives to Him. Does it mean everything we've done, we've there's been so much fun and easy? No, there's been super challenges. But it's okay because we've gone all in for God. We've surrendered. To him, And I want you to surrender to him. I, I know as a kid, I used to always come up with these entrepreneurial ideas. I'd be nine or 10 years old and I'm going to get the cow manure and bag it and sell it at the end of the street and start a business. I'm going to do this. And my dad cottoned on quite early that he had an entrepreneurial son. So he, he found quite a quick way to, to keep a lid on it. He would just look, look at me when I came up with a new idea and he goes, oh, have you prayed about that? Why don't you pray about that, son? I'm like, gee whiz. But what taught me early on is that the true success is actually finding what's God on? What's a God idea? What's... God anointing for my life rather than just a good idea, because I can come up with a hundred good ideas. And so, surrendering my life, making sure my life is seeking first the kingdom of God, that, that God's kingdom being expanded is my focus. When I, uh, Jesus said it like this when you lay down your life for my sake, then you'll truly find it. But if you, if you try and make your life all about you and your staff and possessions, then you'll lose it. The key to living a life of significance and purpose, Jesus said, is to making it about Him, laying down your life. So that's the first thing. Go all in for God. If you're going to have an incredible dream for the decade that moves you, excites you, motivates you, that God gets on, what make sure the foundation of it is that you go all in for God. All right, the second thing that I want to talk about here uh, comes out of a scripture in Psalm 37. Psalm 37, verse 3 and 4. It says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. That's what going all in for God is. I'm trusting God and I'm doing good. I'm seeking first His kingdom. Then you'll live safely in the land and prosper. So there's a then there. God wants to prosper you. He wants to look after you. But you've got to trust in Him and do good. Then verse 4, get this. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you your heart's desires. Take delight. That's love Him. Love Jesus. Come on, love Him. Worship Him. Honor Him. Love His Word. Love His presence. Delight in Him. And He will give you your heart's desires. Now, I take that two ways. Some people, it's like, Awesome, sounds like a little bit of a transactional deal going on, a bit of a vending machine. If I delight in God, I can get what I want. I'll delight in God so I can get the desires of my heart. I'll do this so I get that. I don't think that's what it's talking about. I think there's definitely a sense that if I make God first in my life, if I if I love Him, if I delight in Him, then my heart's desires will be transformed from being selfish to being his kind of desires as i as i love god i start to change that's why jesus uh, he said like this he said if if you, if my word abides in you and you abide in me this is in john 15 if you if we're connected if my word's inside you and and i'm in you then you can ask for whatever you want and it will be done so there's this sense that i've submitted surrendered loving god delighting in him and somehow what i want is pleasing to God. If you, you'll know that some of you, you know, a year into being a Christian, two years into being a Christian, and and you're you used to be like, come on, thank God it's Friday, let's go party like there's no tomorrow. I'm living for the weekends, and 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 you, your desire was just to escape or have fun or go crazy. And then you met Jesus, and you started to delight in Him. And now it's Tuesday and you're like, hmm, how many days until we get together on Sunday? It, it's Monday and you're like, I can't wait for Connect Group on Wednesday night. What happened? What, did your desires change? Yes, they did. Why? Because you're connected to Jesus. You're delighting in Him and your desires have changed. So if I delight in the Lord, He'll put these great desires in my heart. But also, and here's the, here's the thing I want us to get today, He will actually fulfill the desires that are in our heart if he's first. So the second thing I want to talk about here is if we we are all in for God, then God gives you permission to dream. Permission to dream. Mark 11 verse 24 says this, Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire, or ye desire in the King James, which I am loving to sing, whatsoever things ye desire, people, when ye pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. So this is interesting, because Jesus is talking whatever things you desire. What's that, that desire that's in your heart? Okay, the foundation is you're all in for God. But what, what do you desire? And sometimes I wonder if some of us might suffer from a, a Christian condition I'm going to call surrenderitis. You're like, And God comes to you and says, well, what do you desire? And we're like, whatever it is you want me to desire, Lord. And he says, no, no, what, what can I do for you? And you're like, well, just what, whatever's your desire for my life. I, I don't have desires. I'm just surrendered. It's all yours. But that's not true because if you delight in God, you've got desires. In Matthew chapter 10, verse 51, Jesus walked along the street and a, a blind man called Bartimaeus came out. He saw him going, well, he didn't see him going by, I guess. He heard he was going by. His friends had told him he worked miracles. And in an act of faith, he threw off his beggar's garment, starts yelling out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. They call him, Jesus stops, hears the commotion, calls Bartimaeus over. His friends walk him over, totally blind, can't see. And there he is, obviously blind, standing in front of Jesus. And in Mark 10, 51, it records the story. He says, what do you want me to do for you? This is Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? And he replied, the blind man said, my rabbi, I... Want to see? I want to see. What? It amazes me that Jesus had to ask him, buddy. What do you want me to do for you, Bartimaeus? What's the big deal? He's like, are you having trouble with your mother-in-law? Would you like me to sort her out? He's like, is your football team really struggling? Can I can I solve that problem? It would appear obvious to everybody else around us. In that moment, that Bartimaeus wanted to see, but Jesus asked him to articulate the desire that was in his heart. Now, notice how this worked. Bartimaeus didn't say, well, Lord, uh, I just want you to do whatever your will is for me. He didn't say, well, Jesus, I've got no desires because I'm fully surrendered as a son of Abraham and, and therefore I don't, I don't have any expectations on you. Far be it from me. Just to be into your presence is enough for me. No, he spelt it out. He didn't say, what's your will? You do your will and I'll submit to you. He's like, no, what do you want me to do for you? Permission, Bartimaeus, to dream. Permission to dream of what God might do. Miraculous or otherwise and sometimes I think that as Christians when we surrender to God and we make our life all about God we've gone all in for God and these these desires of influence these desires of success they come up on the inside of us and sometimes we try and squash that down and go oh I shouldn't be successful I shouldn't be influential Uh, that would be that would be displeasing to God but actually we mistake false humility we think that well, we, we, we mistake surrenderedness as false humility. Sometimes we think that small thinking brings honor to God because it keeps us humble. But I would suggest to you that, that small mindedness and religious thinking is what wants to keep you small, but God wants to give you the desires of your heart. I remember when we early on took over the church. And we were two years into being the senior pastors of this church. So that's 19 years ago, doing the math. We went to a conference and Danielle and I were fired up about winning people to Jesus, about seeing lives transformed, about all the future of the church. And I'm as I'm fired up and I'm connected and strong in God, we're driving along and I'm like, babe, wouldn't it be great if we could do this in the church? And wouldn't it be great if we could change this? And Wouldn't it be great if we could do this a little bit differently? And I wanted to stop doing that, but start doing this. And I'm, I'm going for it. I'm like, whoa, big vision. Let's go. And then just this sort of thing started to come over me, this intimidation thing. I'm like, oh, but, but that might upset these people and oh, that might appear a little too not humble enough. And it's, it's like this is in split seconds. as Those thoughts are starting to hear me and I'm starting to pull back internally. The Spirit of God whispers to my heart, I love it when you talk like that. I love it when you talk big, bold, strong dreams. The same thing happened for me uh, a few years later as I, I read a book about the, this whole idea, permission to dream. And as I read the book, I, I found this phrase coming up over and over. I believe God wants us to be one of Australia's largest, most influential churches. And as I, that phrase just came up, it was like, this is a desire in my heart, not a competitive, not so that we're the biggest, not, not, comp- not, not out of ego so that I'm recognised, but just this desire, I believe God's called us to be an influential church, one of Australia's largest, to to break through an area so other churches can break through it. I've had the same moment as I've made that prayer a declaration, Lord, I believe this is who you want C3 Powerhouse to be. I'm like, oh, shouldn't I be more humble? And then the Spirit of God comes and whispers that same thought. I love it when you talk like that. So I wonder today what God's got for you. I wonder what big thinking you've Uh, surrendered and and pushed aside because it might require you and maybe messes with small-mindedness or some sort of false humility or false religious thinking. I want to say today for all of us, come on, why don't you dream big? Because God loves it when you talk like that. If you're all in, you can pray bold, audacious prayers. You can write down dreams, goals are things that you're committing to that you can you can sort of make happen. They're measurable, but dreams are things that that you articulate that that maybe you can't make them happen in your own right. But it, there's something that you feel that God's put into your heart. Maybe you want to own your own business be the principal of the school you're going to, or be the prime minister of our nation, I want to say today, permission to dream. Maybe you want to play cricket for Australia. Maybe you want to make movies that change the world. Maybe you want to climb Mount Everest. Permission to dream. Maybe you want to own your own home. Maybe you want an investment property. Maybe you want to get married. Maybe you want to have your own children. I just want you to know from the Holy Spirit, permission to dream. Maybe you want to marry Hugh Jackman. Well, you can't do that because he's already married. Permission denied, just to be really clear about that today. Maybe you want to plant a church. Maybe you want to become a preacher or a leader. The Apostle Paul says if anyone aspires to be a church leader, he desires, there's that word again, desires an honorable uh, position. That's a good thing. If you're all in for God and you've got this desire to be a leader or a preacher, you can do it. Maybe your desire is to prophesy, to pray for the sick and to see them healed. Again, the Apostle Paul says it's okay to desire spiritual gifts. You can desire them, write them down, permission to dream. Maybe you want to take your kids or your grandkids to Disneyland. You want to to go up the Eiffel Tower in Paris. Maybe you want to learn to fly an aeroplane. It's a desire of your heart. Can I set you free today and say, if you're all in for God, permission to dream? I want us to take... Really probably the next five or six weeks to dream for your next decade. I want, you, I want you, during our fast, we've got 21 days of prayer and fasting. I want you to say, God, would you speak to me? Would you reveal the desires in my heart? Take, peel back small thinking, peel back religious thinking and help me dream for the decade ahead. I want us to get into Powerhouse Conference at the end of July. Can I just say, by the way, that the tickets are selling really fast for this. We've already uh, we're over three fifths of capacity, and we haven't even got to the close of our early birds. So jump in and make sure you get your tickets for Powerhouse Conference. But that atmosphere. When we worship together with Darlene Cech and our team as Russell Evans comes as we spend time in God's presence, it will be an enlarging prophetic atmosphere. So I see you're dreaming for the decade, not something that's done in a moment, but it's like a living document that, that by the end of July, you've finished it with a sense of enlargement. There's got to be some things on there that scare you. There's got to be some things on there that move you and excite you. There's got to be some things on there that will help you move forward. So here it goes. That's it. So second thing, permission to dream. Go all in for God. Permission to dream. And finally, the third thing is write it down. Write it down. Habakkuk 2 verse 2 is a scripture many Christians know very well. For those of you who are watching online right now, come on, this is for you. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets. Must have been an iPad, I reckon. Sorry. That he may run who reads it. Write the vision and make it plain. So that you can run, so that you can move forward. There is power in taking a vision out of your mind and putting it on paper, writing it down, getting it recorded. Harvard Business School did a study about goal setting. They found that 83% of respondents in their survey had no goals. 14% 14% of respondents had plans but had not written them down and they found that, they were, that that group was at least 10 times more likely to succeed than those who didn't have goals. So they, they had plans but not written down. And then the final 3% had written down their goals and they were three times more likely to succeed than those who had plans in their mind. That's phenomenal. Another study by Dr. Gail Matthews of the Dominican University in California found that those who wrote their goals down were 42% more likely to achieve them. This is why the Bible says write down the vision so that you can run with it. There is a power. uh, uh, There's an encoding that gets into your brain. There's a power of writing things down, taking the risk to write them down. So here's here's some things that I want you to just think about. Uh, It might be goals or dreams for your marriage. It might be for your family. It might be for an area of influence. It might be for ministry. It might be for experiences you want to have. It might be for travel might be physical goals. You might want to listen to this podcast again just to be spurred and to write these things. It might be uh, career goals, education goals or dreams, business dreams, financial dreams. Now you'll notice I didn't say spiritual dreams because I believe that if we just do that, we're more likely to go, oh, they're spiritual things and these aren't. Therefore, that's more important than this. I think your whole life is spiritual and important to God. So write, write them down. Now, there's two types of dreams. Just let me help you practically. Two types of these dreams. Uh, some is just a clear descriptive dream. And and the clear descriptive dream. So for our marriage, Danielle and I have a, a dream. There's no measurables. It's just we want to have an outstanding marriage. That's our dream. We've written it down that we would have a fun, passionate, intimate relationship and marriage. That's, that's the description ...of the kind of marriage that we have. Research has found that if you can vividly describe your goals... And have something that's strongly associated a mental picture that you're 1.4 times more likely to succeed in those goals if you can vividly picture them than if you've just written them down. So we're getting to the next level. So just right out of the description, it doesn't have to be exactly specific and measurable like a goal, but it's your dream. This is the dream for our marriage. Or... You can have a specific, uh, something that's very specific. So for me, I want to publish my book, The Wheels of Financial Blessing, definitely in the next decade. So that's on my dream. Actually, this year is my goal. Reminds me of a friend, by the way, who said I'm writing a, a book about reverse psychology. He said, please don't buy it. Think about that. Please don't. Anyway, let's keep going. So specific or or descriptive? Descriptive would be that I want to be healthy and energetic enough to play with my grandchildren. That would be descriptive. Specific would be I want to run a marathon or I want to be able to bench press 120 kilos. Descriptive would be that hey I want to work in a meaningful job that I love going to every day. That's a description of the kind of career I want. Specific would be I want to be an accountant who earns $120,000 a year. That would be a specific. Either of those are Okay. I love it as you go through and think and pray about this. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says this, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think, according to the power that works in us. If you don't ask it or think it, then God doesn't work exceedingly abundantly above it. And that's what the power of writing down your dream for your decade is. And I believe that as you do that, this is what I've always believed, that God doesn't just fulfill our dreams. He exceeds them. And there's a power in writing them down and getting some focus. So I want to pray for you right now. Would you open up your heart? Close your eyes. At home online right now, close your eyes, open up your heart. I want you to just be ready. Let God put some pictures in your heart. Father, as we wait on you today, and as we wait on you over these next five, six weeks, I'm asking that your challenge is where we need to go all in. That you would help us enlarge our thinking, permission to dream. Lord, for every person right now, would you speak to them? What, what's the dream in their heart that's there because they delight in you? Unlock it. What's the dream for their family? Unlock it. Lord, what's the dream for their ministry? Unlock it. What's the dream for their area of influence? Unlock that dream. God, I pray that you would unlock every dream, financial dreams. I believe you want people in our church to own their own homes. God, I believe you want people in our church to move in spiritual gifts powerfully. Lord, I believe you want our church to be filled with influencers and entrepreneurs, influences in every sphere of society, permission to dream. Let there be God-anointed pictures come into our hearts right now that we will live lives infused with vision. I pray it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, fantastic. I'm going to hand you back to Teresa for those of you who are online, to David Crowder for those of you on the Sunshine Coast. God bless you. We're praying for you and we love you.